My name is Pastor Mike Landsman, and this is the podcast for Zion Stone United Church of Christ. This podcast is taken from my weekly Sunday morning sermons. I pray that as you listen to them, they will be a blessing to you and strengthen you in your walk with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's what we have for today. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. This morning we'll be focusing again primarily on the text from St. Paul's epistle to the Galatians, chapter 6, verses 6 through 18. And the title of my sermon this morning is Sowing and Reaping. In the flavor of Christianity in which I spent a large part of my early life, they interpreted the text from Galatians 6, verse 7, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever one sows, that he will also reap as relating to financial blessings, to materiality. It was linked with some other verses to create something they claimed was, you know, a divine law, which is ironic given the context of Galatians and St. Paul's observations about the observance of the law. They taught that if you were suffering materially and needed God to provide finances for you, you should give money to a particular person or ministry. This is, of course, not what this text is speaking of, and I mention it only because it still shows up in Christian culture, particularly in the type of preachers who show up on our televisions. That said, we'll look a little bit more about what that means about sowing and reaping this morning. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. Last week we looked at walking in the spirit versus the desires of the flesh. And St. Paul continues with that here in this part of the epistle to the Galatians as he begins to end it. So if he's not referring to money in his comments about sowing and reaping, then what is he speaking to? Well, the answer is what we see in verse 8. Sowing to the flesh or sowing to the spirit. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life. So just as the farmer sowing grain seeds results in them reaping the growth and the harvesting of grain, so too will human beings who sow to the flesh or the spirit reap the harvest for what they have sown to the flesh or to the spirit. Let's stick with the sowing seed metaphor for a a few moments. My uncle and my grandfather were farmers, so please indulge me for a moment. When you plant seed to grow anything, whether it be watermelon or strawberries or asparagus, carrots or potatoes, will you have a harvest of those items the next day? No. No. Why is that? Because the seeds need to germinate. They need to send roots down deep into the soil for nutrients and water. They need to receive also, once they pierce the surface, rays from the sun for photosynthesis. They need to be tended and cared for. There's a movie I saw many years ago where no one could figure out why all of the plants died and wouldn't grow anymore. And as it turns out, they were watering them with sports energy drinks because society had become so stupid that no one remembered how to do anything anymore. So nothing grew. One person came along and said, no, you actually need water. And it was almost executed when the plants didn't sprout immediately. But uh, it was spared at the last moment when they saw a tiny bit of growth. The time in between the plants starting to get their roots deep and then pushing through the soil to grow and bear fruit can be a long time. I'm sure at times it can seem interminable, but if the farmer or the gardener knows what they're doing, 
then they can trust that they will be able to get something grown. Now imagine if a farmer or a gardener, because they didn't see a sprout the next day on something they planted, imagine them taking a backhoe to their fields because they're impatient. Well, this would be the height of folly. They would lose everything. And the spiritual life is like this too, and sowing to the flesh and the spirit is like this too. St. Paul notes in verse 9, Let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Just like the farmer waiting for his seeds to grow, we too need to have patience as we await the results of what we have been sowing too. And sowing is not just a one-time thing. Included with sowing is all the care that goes with it, which means daily care and daily attention. And just like we cannot see beneath the surface of the soil, we lack the ability to see into our own hearts with perfect clarity. And indeed, the only one who can see into our hearts with perfect clarity is the Lord. Sowing to the flesh means it's, it's an action. It's doing something. It's not just a mental game. Sowing to the flesh is doing like what we talked about last week. St. Paul notes the works of the flesh. Some of those things that he said were drunkenness, jealousy, strife, enmity, sexual immorality, fits of anger, and the like. And he says that these things are evident. He says these things are evident. Sinners know that what they're doing is wrong, no matter how much they may protest to the contrary. And it is possible to get to the place where our consciences have become so seared and scarred and broken that we may not actually feel shame anymore about what we've done. But that's a dangerous place to be. It's dangerous to, because to keep sowing to the flesh results in something, the reaping of corruption. And it's not something that happens instantaneously. It's something that happens slowly, over time, just beneath the surface that we can't actually see. And the word here for corruption is referring to, it's referring to decay, desiccation, and, and encroaching death. This corruption here that he talks about is then set in opposition to the eternal life which those who live by the Spirit will reap. See, brothers and sisters, sowing to the flesh is participating in the corruption and the pollution of this world. And by this world, I don't mean plants and animals and the physical world and nature. When the scriptures talk about the world, it's not talking about the physical, necessarily the physical earth, right? Well, it depends on the context. But when St. Paul uses world, he's not talking about hiking to the top of a mountain and enjoying the view and seeing the beauty there. He's not saying that that's bad. When we talk about the corruption of the world, like being in the world and not of the world, the world means the world's systems as animated and controlled by and guided by and led by the evil one and the demonic powers of darkness that tempt mankind towards evil towards corruption and decay. And once corruption sets in, once decay sets in, then death is sure to follow if that corruption is not dealt with and healed. I remember once I have a family member who had uh, something get infected and they tried to do everything to, to fix it, right? Antibiotics and all that stuff. And they wound up having to have something removed because the infection had spread so great. If that had spread too far, then it could have had negative consequences for them. Well, negative consequences you know, being their death. 
See, as Christians, we are called to live in opposition to the world and its wicked systems. St. Paul says there is no fellowship between light and darkness. And ultimately, the darkness will be judged by Christ, along with those who align themselves with the darkness. And the great news here, brothers and sisters, is that Christ offers us what sowing to the flesh cannot. When we sow to the Spirit, we reap eternal life. We may not be able to see it coming. We may not even see the roots being nourished by the Word and the sacraments. But we can trust that God will bring to completion the work He began in us, just as we can't see to the depths and wickedness of our hearts, of our sin, without the help of the Lord. And we don't always know what's going on in our hearts. So too is it in the life of the Spirit. But the good thing is, we can trust that being nourished by the Scriptures, by worship, by coming before the Lord's table and altar, through participation in God's life, that God is bringing to completion the good work He began in us. Before we conclude, I'd like to focus on verse 12 for a moment. St. Paul wrote this, It is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised, and only in order that they may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. They're making a good show. See, these are self-identified Christians in the Galatian church who are saying to people, unless you undergo this ritual, you are not part of God's people. And St. Paul's whole point is, no, you don't have to undergo this ritual to be part of God's people if you're in Christ. And he says that they're doing this, that, they, that they're throwing this out there to the church because they do not want to be persecuted for the cross of Christ. And even then, it looks like they're making a good show of keeping the law. He says that they're not actually even keeping the law themselves. In other words, they work at controlling other people's behaviors by actively encouraging them to sow to the desires of the flesh. All of the things that St. Paul tells them to avoid, these people are... Christians in the church saying that they should do. And they're doing this because they themselves are sowing to the flesh. And beware anyone, especially clergy, and those in the church who celebrate sin, who try to normalize what is wrong. Beware anyone who tries to manipulate you into sowing to the flesh. Because, brothers and sisters, we are called to sow according to the Spirit. Because if we sow according to the flesh, we will reap corruption and eternal death. If we sow according to the Spirit, we will reap eternal life. See, brothers and sisters, in the reading that we heard from the Gospel today, Jesus sends out his disciples, and we, as the church, are his disciples. He says, I'm sending you out as a lamb lambs amongst wolves. So be careful. 
Wolves want to eat the lambs. So you, <laughs> imagine if a lamb like sidled up to a hungry wolf and was like, you know what, I really want to be your friend. Imagine if the sheepdog wasn't there in those old Looney Tunes, right? One wily coyote tried to eat the lamb and the only thing standing in the way of him and the sheep was the sheepdog who would always find a way to catch him. If he wasn't there, he'd eat the lambs, he'd eat the sheep. Jesus is telling them, I'm sending you out as lambs amongst wolves, working for my sake, believing the gospel, living as I have showed you how to live. This will bring you trouble. This will bring you persecution. People will try to devour you. People are not going to try to devour you if, if what you share with them sounds exactly what they're hearing on TV or on the radio or on their podcasts. Or what they're reading on the internet from their favorite websites. See, brothers and sisters, Jesus sends us out, not as collaborators, but as evangelists. He sends us out not as collaborators, but as evangelists. What is the good news if the good news is the same soul-destroying garbage that we hear from our culture. I want you all to say to yourself, I am an evangelist. I am an evangelist. Say, I'm not a collaborator. The good news that we have is what God uses to bring true freedom to bring true liberation to all humanity. St. John Chrysostom said, What is sown and what is reaped must both be of one kind. So it is an action. Those that plant in the flesh wantonness or drunkenness or inordinate desire shall reap the fruits of these things. And what are these fruits? Punishment, retribution, shame, and destruction. But the fruit of the Spirit is of a nature not similar but contrary in all respects to these. Have you sown the giving of alms? The treasures of heaven and eternal glory await you. Have you sown temperance, honor and reward and the applause of angels and a crown from the judge await thee. So let us brothers and sisters not grow weary in doing good because it is doing good that we sow to life in the spirit and reap the rewards of eternal life. Amen. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Zion's Stone Church. We're in the middle of a building repair campaign, and if you'd like to help, please go to www.gofundme.com slash Zion's Stone Church Repair Fund. We'd appreciate anything you'd be able to donate. If you're ever in the area, you're always welcome to worship with us on Sunday mornings at 10.15 a.m. God bless you.